0: You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's
1: a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. 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 Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is hour two of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. back. To do Early to tell you more Early. suddenly you saw fancy chant slogans at your door. They'll see you through you now. I thought all before and I won't feel bad at all when the hero takes a call. Six three nine forty-nine
0: hundred. Seven four four twenty-nine ninety. Here's the best part right here. Good
1: song.
0: It's kind of like hearing Susanna do that part. You know? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 744 2990 on the text line. Coming up uh, about half an hour, Andy Bitter.
1: Emotion.
0: Georgia you Amor from Tech Women's Basketball Eight at 8.05, and then Dwight Vick. So, good stuff. We have covered last night's uh, men's laws for Tech in great depth. We heard from Mike Young. So, there's a lot of uh, disappointment. Got to circle the wagon. Sometimes the best thing to do is get out on the road, cut out all the noise, circle the wagons. That's what it's. it's I know it's a cliche. Heck, I just said it twice in the same uh, sentence. But. <laughs> It's true. Radford did it when they lost to USC Upstate at home. Similar type of loss to Tech had last night. Lots of shrugging. Lots of I don't know what just happened. They went out on the road. Difficult place to play on a Saturday afternoon down at Gardner-Webb. Got the win. Started this current winning streak, which has reached nine. Guess who's coming to town tonight? Gardner-Webb. Guess who's on a five-game winning streak? Gardner-Webb. It's going to be on tonight. And you can watch it if you don't come out. ESPNU, National TV. Come on out and hang out with us, though. We want you there in person. The Highlanders are going to need you. A lot of noise. It's going to be a defensive slugfest. Two really good coaches. One, just getting started, Darius Nichols in his second year. And a veteran, Tim Kraft, who's done it for a decade, and he's done it as well as anybody in the Big South. Guy is a terrific, terrific coach. And that'll be tonight. 6.30 6.30 pregame here on the uh, radio network. 7 o'clock will be the tip. So come hang out with us at the Dedman Center tonight. And then we'll leave. Actually, I'm really leaving right after the show tomorrow to head to Charleston with the team, play Charleston Southern at the dreaded 5.30 time slot on Saturday. God forbid they play earlier in the day, like most Saturdays, like at 2, so you can get home sooner. Nah, we'll just play at 5.30. Make the team from Virginia get back at about 2 a.m. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, Good story, by the way. Tech got a commitment we haven't talked about. I'm going to bring this up with Andy Bitter, too. Uh, You saw the VMI linebacker who committed to Virginia Tech. And it's interesting. Um... Young man who played at Virginia Tech, and, or played at VMI, and then wanted to play his final year at the FBS level, right? And it's one of those deals where he's an All-American, FCS All-American, And we're talking about Stone Snyder. What a great name for a linebacker. Stone. And he finished third in the balloting for the FCS Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. He was the SOCON Defensive Player of the Year in 2021. And he's finishing up his collegiate eligibility at Virginia Tech, staying in-state. And what's interesting is he doesn't have a scholarship. But David Teal writes about How everything's being paid for by his NIL deal. Now, I don't know what that deal consists of with Stone, but we're going to get into this a little bit coming up with Andy Bitter. But this is a guy who has a chance to start right there alongside Allen Tisdale, right? He's kind of like Dax Hollyfield the way he looks. Yeah, and Wayne, you're right. Yeah, Stone, Hokie Stone. Yeah, this guy's going to be immediately embraced by Hokie Nation. So a good get here, and a kid who understood, look, I don't have a scholarship. That's fine. No scholarship money. No worries. I got it paid for. So whatever his NIL situation is, he says, I'm not paying for a thing. So here's where the NIL's helping a kid realize his dream of playing his final year. As an FBS, it just sounds like this is a feel-good story of the NIL, right? He knows that that is money that's helping him play as opposed to money like maybe the Carolina basketball kids got, whereas this is just, hey, I've got this elaborate lifestyle now. Hey, I'm buying all these rich uh, rich people things. I don't really care if I play basketball very well. But no, this kid's going to come out and play well. i got a feeling he's going to win that job and... Going to be a good story. Just another great storyline for 2023 for this tech team in year two for Coach Price. So we're looking forward to that. Um Stone Snyder. That is a great name, isn't it? But this is one of the good stories about the NIL. Now I went through all that yesterday and I had a couple people say, Boy, you really sounded down on the NIL. And I, I now look. I'm, I'm like most of these coaches. I'm trying just to adjust to it like we all are as fans. I, there are horrible stories. I mean, the Florida story was disgusting and terrible. I don't even know how that becomes a thing. I don't even know how you even bothered to promise a kid and his people around him you're going to pay him $13 million before he snaps a football. That's what Florida did. Yeah, that's horrible. Carolina situations turned out to be horrible. What's going on at Miami is not working. But this sounds like the collective did things to help this kid get to Virginia Tech and this is what the collective can do. This isn't this isn't extra money to go out and buy a 2023 brand new, you know, full-wheel drive truck. I mean, this is money though he can actually play at Virginia Tech. That he can actually have a season here in the ACC. And he's clearly a very good football player. That's what this is. This is where the NIL you go, okay, all right. This never would have happened under the old rules, right? Tech would have just said, look, all we can do is give you a chance to come and walk on. And then he probably would have said, all right, thanks. But I have to look elsewhere for a scholarship because I just don't have the money. Well, now the NIL says, all right, cool, we got you. Come to Blacksburg. And this is where it can work hand in hand to help your program and to help your coaching staff. This is a feel-good story about the NIL. There are some feel-good stories out there. So I don't think I'm down on it. I'm just being honest about when it's not a good look, as I think has worked out that way at Carolina, as has worked out that way at Florida, other places, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, embarrassing himself. He just needs to keep his mouth shut forever about the NIL, considering they bragged about it, boasted about it, and the kids who commit there say, yeah, we're getting paid. As to this story, which is a very good one, and come on, if the kid's at VMI, knowing what the uh, rat line goes through there and what that means to go through and be a student athlete there, this kid's going to come in and work hard from day one. This is a good get, really good get, and just feels like the kind of player Brent Pry wants in his program, right? This just seems like a Virginia Tech player. I think he's going to be really good for them. I think it's a really good, a good get. Kind of flew under the radar. It was late, but he's got that size. He's 6'3", 240. Can he be a guy that can cover from that linebacker position if he needed to? We'll see. But this is a good, solid commitment for Tech out of the portal. Not coming from another power five. You know what? So what? If you're an All-American at your previous level – I don't care if it's FCS. There's some very good players in the FCS. There are FCS players littering NFL rosters. You know what? You're a good football player. You're a sound football player. And you had to work really hard. So I've gotten five texts, people saying how glad they heard Hero Takes a Fall. (laughs) Thank you. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's an early Bengals tune. Hero Takes a Fall. That's if you look up the video, which is where I played it from. That's when Susanna had short hair. They all had really short hair. They started out as the Bangs, by the way. They wanted to be the Bangs, B-A-N-G-S. There was another band that was using that. Can't remember if the other band was called that or if they had that as part of their name, but then their management said, well, we'll just change it. We'll add the L-E-S and you'll be the Bangles. Okay. Susanna Hoff's just turned, I think 64, and you sit there and you go, "Really? Is that humanly possible? she looks she looks great. By the way, my gal, Selma Hayek, in the new Magic Mike movie, you've probably already seen the, uh, the trailers for it, and I've already gotten a couple text messages. All right, now here you go. your gal, Selma, you're going to go watch Magic Mike?" <laughs> <sighs> By the way, she's 56, and she's in that movie doing what she's doing, so will you be the judge? Uh, I can't say that I'm going to go to the theater to see Magic Mike. But that is probably what I'll watch. I want to see her in that movie. Sure, sure. I mean, she said, look, we've got some risque scenes here. You know? I get it. She wanted to make sure I wasn't going to take it personally. (laughs) Um, I understand it's part of being the actor. I mean, I'm sure the movie's not going to be great. Let's just say, let's just be honest, It's, it's not going to be great. Channing Tatum, pretty good looking dude, I get it. But she wanted to take the role, so I'm cool with it. I support her professional her professional requests, but I can't see myself going say, "Hey, let's go see Magic Mike Glass Dance." But if I'm watching it at home, then I can fast forward it to her parts. You know because I don't really the storyline can't be something that's very interesting, right? But I do appreciate your concern, and I do appreciate the good comments about uh, "Hero Takes a Fall." By the way, um, Andy Bitter's going to join us. We'll talk about Stone and other developments. I got to ask him what's going on at Miami too. I want to get his take there. Something smells in Coral Gables, and it's not just the coastline seaweed. I mean, we fired Josh Gaddis. and you didn't lose your defensive coordinator. Mario Cristobal, eh, it's not an NIO issue. I don't know. Don't know what's going on there. Wish I knew. I wish I knew. But I want to get his take on that. You know what? Since everybody's complimenting it, let's let the Bengals take us out, huh? Here we go. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Stay with us. More coming up. Georgia Amor leading off Hour 2. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'd be seeing Magic Mike with 65 women in the uh, theater. That's true. The White Vic as well at 835. We'll be back. Stay with us. Still go away. You're not off the leash yet. We're happy to have you with us and hope you'll come back often.
1: Big Dog Sports Talk will be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on WRAD.
0: 25 minutes past the hour here on
1: this Thursday.
0: <laughs> Forgot the day there for a second. I'm all confused. TV comes in, changes our game days at Radford. I keep thinking it's Wednesday. We play on Wednesday for goodness sakes. Won't be playing on Wednesday the next two weeks, though. We got uh, tonight national TV, next week national TV with UNC Asheville. Come out and support the Highlanders tonight. They're going to need you. Come on. Come see us. Hang out with us. We need you to help pull them through. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough game. Gardner-Webb's won five in a row. Best defensive team in the league numbers-wise. And a coach who has not had any problem winning in the Dedman Center. Gardner-Webb's won four straight in Radford. Four in a row. And it'll be, it'll be a tough, tough ball game tonight all the way around. If you don't make it out you can listen to us on the radio watch us on ESPN plus that's what i always try to say i mean if you want to listen to the broadcast with guys who know what's going on with the two teams <laughs> as opposed to the tv guys who are asking very silly questions about your team even though they were just here a few weeks ago <sighs>
1: Did Daris Nichols play college basketball? Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, he did. Yes, that was a serious question that I got. That's what you get. This is what you deal with behind the scenes <laughs> with TV people. <sighs> anyway, Andy Bitter's coming up in about eight minutes. Georgia Amor, the Australian import, having a terrific year. And I'm telling you how much fun. That was a high-octane game for the women. Big Monday. Down in Raleigh, beating NC State. We'll talk to her about that. And I want to get inside what it feels like when she and other shooters are in that zone. I think that is that place where she's just letting it leave her hand and she knows it's going in, right? I mean, she was going to hit threes. It didn't matter where she was on the floor. And you had... Liz doing the things inside, and you had Georgia out there. They're such a good shooting team to watch, man. They're fun to watch. When they're clicking, that is a dangerous, dangerous team. And we'll get the state on that team from a player's perspective as they head through now this difficult portion of the schedule here in February. It's ranked team after ranked team, the next one coming up against Florida State. But we're looking forward to that, and we'll talk about her journey from uh, – her native land here to Blacksburg. Lots of good stuff with Georgia. And then, of course, it's always the best conversation of the week, right, when you have Dwight Vick on. And that will finish up today's program. All right, so I'm getting all these Magic mic things now with Salma. <laughs> Andy says, "You think maybe uh, Selma's been suppressing her disappointment in your relationship uh, together, because now she's doing this movie with this uh, really good-looking dude, and he's half naked?" Well, maybe so. maybe so, Andy, but I figure, I have to make, I have to make these sacrifices just so, you know, I can keep her around, right? I understand. <laughs> I mean, I ain't no chanting Tatum. This is true. <laughs> uh, love our audience I really do but now nah, you know it's just one of those things you just kind of have to just accept it's part of her professional craft I'm sure she didn't enjoy sliding around all over Channing Tatum during this uh, movie I'm sure that wasn't something that was fun <clears throat> but I respect the art I respect her art and her, her ability and her freedom to have artistic expression. All right, we're halfway home. Andy Bitter joins us. We'll talk some tech football. A lot of things I want to talk with Andy about. i got to get this whole thing with Miami. I want to get his take. I, I'm, I am, I'm just confused about Miami. I don't have any, any understanding as to what's going on down there. Talk about Shamari Connor going to the Scouting Combine. Stay with us. Andy Bitter next.
1: Ooh, yeah. Hello, this is
0: Todd Grantham, defensive coordinator of the Florida Gators. You're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Of course, now, Todd, defensive line coach for the New Orleans Saints, talked to him uh, yesterday. He's going to come back on the show. He's got to go through NFL protocol now. So he's going to let me know (laughs) when that happens. But looking forward uh, on getting caught up with the former Pulaski County High School star. And, of course, Virginia Tech Hokies had a great career as a defensive coach because he is an outstanding defensive coach. All right, coming up, top of the hour, Georgia Amor from Tech Women's Basketball. Dwight Vick joining us now on the program. He covers Virginia Tech football for The Athletic. He is the outstanding Virginia Sports Writer of the Year, Andy Bitter. How you doing, AB? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Doing okay, man. Appreciate your time as always. And, uh, man, a lot going on. Uh, First of all, let's talk about Shamari Connor going to the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, I believe, as uh, you tweeted, he's the lone rep from Tech's team. And, uh... What do you think about his prospects coming up in the draft for Chamor? You've watched him closely?
1: You know, it's tough to say. Um, he's a guy that has moved around to so many positions. that, And, yeah, you know, it's probably to his benefit that he's got that versatility because, you know, NFL teams are always looking for somebody that can – on a 53-man roster, you guys, they can do a lot of things. Uh, then again, he hasn't really been one spot where he can just kind of showcase what he can do. Uh, you know, I think he's got that toughness, that ability to play close to the ball or close to the line, and you know, stick his head in there and, and uh, make a play. He's not afraid to tackle somebody. I think there's some liabilities in coverage. You know, I think there's some some tackling issues sometimes, or maybe you know he goes in full force, maybe not aimed in the right direction. as mm-hmm. you saw that uh, a few times in his career, but you know, Virginia Tech's got a pretty good track record of defensive backs. And I think that helps his cause, that these teams look at like, oh, these guys have done pretty well at producing this position. So I think he gives it a shot. I don't know if it's, it's going to be a high pick, maybe a chance lower in the draft, but uh, he's probably their best shot this year of having somebody drafted.
0: Yeah, he sounds like he could be good. That if you have some extra picks late, take a flyer on him. Because like you say, that means a lot to a lot of these teams. I've seen coaches talk about that. They look at certain positions from certain programs, and they just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, right, if they have a strong history like you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and I'd be interested to see what position he ends up at. Uh, If it's safety, if it's a nickel-type thing, cornerback, I think he did a lot of coverage stuff when he was down at the Senior Bowl. So I think it depends on how teams view him and how they think he can fit in.
0: And good news, a great tweet from Justin Hamilton. He says, I'm out of the portal. <laughs> He's back in the NFL. A great story for a terrific guy. I'm glad to see Justin land on his feet at the next level.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. And I was curious what his next stop was going to be. He's um, obviously a pretty bright young coach. Uh, got the tech job before he was ready for it, probably. Uh, you know, I think that was a big yeah, job yeah. that, uh, you know, some of his experience maybe wasn't quite prepared for. Uh, yeah. Interesting going back to the NFL. You know you played in the NFL and I, I wonder if, you know, the recruiting side of things just wears on you. I know for a lot of coaches, that's tough to get a sort of this, you know, work and and, and family uh, balance when you're constantly having to recruit all the time. So I think that's a, an intriguing thing for a lot of guys. Go to The NFL and be like, I can just coach. Mm-hmm. I can just do X's and O's. I think uh, a lot of guys like that. So, you know, I haven't talked to him, so I, I don't know if that was the case. But uh, an interesting bounce-back spot for him and uh, probably a good opportunity there.
0: Andy Bitter joining us on the program. He covers Virginia Tech football for the Athletic. Um, we just talked a little bit ago about Stone Snyder, um, the kid from VMI, and he just has looks like that pedigree, right? I mean, Dax Hollyfoot out, he could come back in. He's going to compete for a starting spot. He's got that great name Stone. Tech fans going to love that. I mean, and a great story. David Till in his article talked about the NIL, right, and how that's helping him pave his way for this FBS dream.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing that you know his scholarship's going to. it's going to be paid for through the NIL essentially covered through the NIL because they didn't have a scholarship spot right now. Um, You know, you can do creative things with NIL to be, to be able to to cover that. And I guess you really don't have to worry about it for a semester, I guess, because that's basically how long he'll be there uh, for the football part of this. I'm curious. I haven't seen him play in person. I know he makes a lot of tackles at the FCS level. I wonder about uh, straight line speed, if he's got that kind of speed to compete in the ACC at the FBS level. I think that was an issue last year with uh, Hokies linebackers. You know, Dax is a, a great instinctual quarterback. I think you want just a little bit more speed in some situa- situations, especially third down. Uh, so I wonder if this, this could be a guy that's a you know, first and second down type linebacker, and then you use different packages on third down and get some more speed out there in the field. I, I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching at the linebackers this year. I don't think you go, this is the Mike, and he's going to play mm-hmm. 800 snaps this year. This is the the Will, and he's going to play 800 snaps. I think you're going to see a lot of guys coming in and out of the game in different spots. And, you know, maybe a non-traditional Mike plays the Mike on some downs, and, and you get a bunch of different guys in there at the Will spot. So, uh, unlike past years where they sort of have their guys. And they go, this is what we're going with the linebackers. I think there's going to be a lot of different variations there this season.
0: And these are the types of additions that we're going to see, right? People have been kind of waiting and waiting, but you talked about it last week. I mean, we're heading into the spring now. There might not be a lot of opportunities like this going forward until maybe after spring ball, right? I mean, fans are going to have to be patients as coaches will. They're doing their due diligence right now in the portal, but you know, this isn't going to be like all of a sudden you're going to see four or five guys come through this portal anymore.
1: Yeah, at this point, especially with the, the roster limits that they have. Uh, you know, I talked to Pry last week, and he said there are 92 scholarships. So there's seven over the limit. Uh, now, there there are various methods that he has. A, you know, it's called the first-time coach, head coach rule, which in essence gives you 18 months uh, from when you're hired to remove guys from the roster. So, so pry has up until August 1st and he can just remove guys from the roster. They'd stay on scholarship. They just wouldn't be playing football at Virginia tech anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a tool in his arsenal that, that he can, you can go to and he can trim the roster if they need to see fit, but you don't want to do that. You'd prefer guys to go into the roster organically or naturally there and, uh, at a certain point, there's just a limit of how much you can trim this roster of guys and add anybody else. So I'd be curious. I think if an offensive lineman becomes available that's good, that could fit, that could play, I think they would go after that. Or a defensive end that's a really impact guy. Uh, I think Pride's a little more skeptical that a defensive end of that caliber would become available. It's more hopeful than an offensive lineman does. So, uh, apparently, In his studies of it, offensive linemen become available a little bit later in the process sometimes. But I I wouldn't expect too many more major additions to this roster.
0: He is Andy Bitter joining us on the program. Of course, the Virginia Sports Writer of the Year covering uh, Virginia Tech football for the athletic. Uh, I had a question from Dan here. Rick, can you ask Andy? Uh, He read your piece in the athletic, talking to Coach Pry. He said, Andy, can you give a grade in terms of Text depth going into this spring as opposed to last spring. What would be your letter grade after talking to Coach Prime breaking down the roster?
1: Well, I think last year it was a, a D at best. Yes. <laughs> and I think we saw that during the season. This year, you know, I have not seen it on the field yet. I, I would say it's improved, so I don't want to say it, it's too great relative to what it was last year. I'd say C. Plus. Until I can see some of these guys on the field, I, I think you look at offensive line, still not a deep group. Defensive end, still not a deep group. Um, you know, even yeah, you know, I, f- I know they feel good at cornerback with those starters, but it gets young very quickly once you get past that group. Uh, safety, sort of the same way. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I just think there are more options on offense. Uh, you know, you, you might have a more viable second quarterback, depending on who wins that competition. You have more running backs. Uh, if they manage to stay healthy this year than you did, you certainly have more receivers than you had last year. So uh, they, they've improved in certain spots. And I think just you know, having played in the system a little bit longer, maybe they trust more guys that were around last year than maybe they did in that first season. So, uh, I, I think that was the big takeaway I had with him, is that he feels better about the, the, the roster across the board than he did at this point last year. He, even if there might not be stars at those mm-hmm. positions, just the depth does make him feel better.
0: No, I think that's very fair. Like you said, you haven't seen them for yourself. You know? I mean, I know how much you love the spring practices. So once you do that, though, you'll be able to kind of get a better feel for it. So it's kind of early in the process, but I think that's a good start. C+, that's not a bad start in year two for
1: this it, team. It's an early grade. I, I was probably an easy grader when I was <laughs> teaching that class over at Tech. So, uh, but I, I'll be a little bit more cautious uh, when I'm doing this in the preliminary stages. <laughs> All
0: right, I want to ask you for my own personal education here because we've talked about it <coughs> a lot, and I don't know what's going on in Miami. Um they fire Josh Gaddis, who the year before was the National Assistant Coach of the Year, wins the Broyles Award. They get rid of it, or the defensive coordinator leaves them, and I understand it's, you know, it's a step up where he went, obviously, for Nick Saban. But hey, bottom line, former Broyles Award winner as well. Um, you're, you follow it closely. You talk to people around it. What, what's go, why can't Miami find what it needs to be successful again?
1: it's just a drama filled program and there's, you know, there's so much money now flowing around that program. Uh, and so many, it seems like there's so many former people involved in that program that feel like they have to get their hands on that thing that it it just messes things up. I mean, how many people have to be at the controls of something before it gets screwed up? And with there's so much heightened scrutiny, uh, you know, I think there's no no former player uh, group that helps its program left than Miami, with the meddling and the complaining about everything. Oh, we used to be the U. This is how it used to be. It's like, all right, well, it's not 20 years ago. It's not 25 years ago. Uh, I think Virginia Tech could probably learn a lesson from a little bit of that. That you need to move on from. Uh, some of the stuff the way it was it's like, well, football changes. You can't quite be the, the same way all the time and expect success, but uh, you know, they expect instant success down there when it doesn't happen, you know, heads have got to roll, or, or they've got to make changes and drastic stuff. Or sometimes maybe you sort of notice, sort of need to see things through and they never seem to have that patience to see things through and, I don't know. It's tough to, to figure out exactly what is specifically wrong. I think that's a, a big thing is that something doesn't happen, they go, well, got to change. Manny Diaz, he's out. He's out. We're bringing in Cristobal. Mm-hmm. You look at Cristobal's track record, you go, what exactly was so great about him at Oregon? I know he's a Miami guy through and through, and he knows the U and he played down there, but I don't know. Was he that great with the teams he had in Oregon when he was there? And uh, So I don't know. I, I I just have questions about that whole operation and, uh, you know, if there's alignment within the administration and, and things all pulling in the same direction. And when that's not the case, you you have troubles and you have this sort of turmoil and the turnover of the coaching staff and yeah, everybody's going to talk themselves into that talented roster in the summer. They do it every year. Yeah. I tweet about it all the time in yeah. jokes because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and then they go, they'll go six and six again, and we'll be like, "What is wrong with Miami? Maybe it's not that that's focused or that great of a program."
0: Yeah, and plus with the new AD that came in, who's got the football experience? I mean, nobody goes to the games. Players complaining about the fan base. I mean, it's just, it's just that one to me. I know there's been a lot of programs that have struggled coming back, and you know, Nebraska being one as well. But boy, that one just seems to stand out to me as one. Like you said, so much money. I think that's a terrific point you make. So many high-profile alums, NFL guys, Hall of Famers that hang around, but really do nothing about the program, but talk about when they played there. Right? That's basically all they
1: do. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I talk with this uh, with Teal all the time. Historically, there's no program that checks out faster at the first you know hint of uh, (laughs) of problems during the season. Like they lose a big game. And it's like they're done <laughs> They You're just right, right. for the next couple of weeks. It feels like. Uh, like it's kind of unbelievable. And, and they get up for a lot of the big games and maybe they play well in some of those, but you know, then you know, they struggle with Virginia. Every time they play Virginia, it seems like they're just these games they don't get up for. And then if the season starts to go south, they're like, all right, I don't, I don't know if they're just like, we'll, we'll go to the beach or something like that. But they seem to check <laughs> out very quickly down there. <laughs>
0: Well, you do your mailbag a lot on The uh, Athletic. I don't know if it's a weekly thing or biweekly, but what are some of the questions you're getting the most of? By the way, if people want to know what's going on in The Mailbag, subscribe to The Athletic and uh, follow Andy. But what are some of the things you're getting football-wise? What are some of the people concerned about the most?
1: Well, there's, there's always recruiting stuff. People want to know if, you know, what what the class rank the tech will get back to or what, what will be satisfying. And I always kind of leave an open-ended answer because – there's so much variation within those rankings, you know? I mean, you could have a a class that's ranked in the 30s that's still pretty good, like I think they had last, this year. You know, I think they they met a lot of their needs in terms of depth and and addressed a lot of positions they needed this year, even if the class isn't necessarily a decorated group. Uh, Or, you know, they could have a, a highly ranked class where some of the guys just don't pan out. We've seen that. Uh, a lot over the years. I do these signing class reviews five years later, and you'd be amazed sometimes at the variation between classes that are supposedly pretty good and where they end up in terms of the the kind of players they produce. So uh, I always try to tell people not to get too caught up in the the rankings, especially because once you get past that top ten you know, it's sort of a, a, a bell curve type thing. Like yeah, it, it gets to those middle classes, and they're a lot more similar than people like to admit. Between you know, twenty two and thirty eight, uh, those are a lot closer than than people would uh, like to think, just based on on the uh, on the ranking number of that. So, I get that a lot. I get a lot of I, almost weekly. I get a question of what can this program achieve when it's back and, and clicking. You know that people like. Can this? Can this is this, uh ACC championship game type program when it maxes out? Is, can this ever win a national title again? And I feel like I've answered this a billion times uh, over the last couple of years because people want to know if the Hokies can get ever get back to that level. And I tell them, you know, the ACC should be the goal, right? I mean, Pitt won it a couple of years ago. It's nothing special. Wake Forest went to the, the championship game a couple years ago. Nothing special. North Carolina got there last year. Um, Virginia Tech is North Carolina's at least equal as a program in terms of resources and and things around it. Um, you know, so I think if they can get back to that level, be happy with that. Mm-hmm. And then that puts you in the conversation to the playoff when they expand it and everything. But this idea is like, wait, when are they going to be national championship contenders again? It's like I don't know if that's going to happen. Right, right. And 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 it's not that's not a slight to Virginia Tech necessarily, because I only think there's three or four programs that could win the national yeah. title out there. Yeah, and they just sort of trade it off every year. It's it's Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. And Clemson has even fallen off a little bit because they're not recruiting like those other three schools are right now. Mm-hmm. So. You know, TCU played for national championship last year. I don't know if I'd call them a contender necessarily because right. we saw what happened when they went up against one of those teams. It wasn't even – they're not in, even in the same you know, zip code when they're competing. So, uh, you know, for most of football, i say just worry about winning your, your conference. Worry about being a contender there. And then whatever happens after that is gravy. And I, I think that's just sort of the, the place the college football is at these days.
0: Well, great stuff as always, Andy. Don't forget, folks, if you uh, want to follow up with what Andy's doing, you can follow him on Twitter daily or you can go ahead and subscribe to the Athletic. Appreciate you, A.B. Who you got this weekend in the big game?
1: I'm still thinking about it. I, I think this is going to be a really tight one. I, I think the Eagles have a better team. But, man, I just – I get I get burned picking against Mahomes. Like, I know, I know. It's tough to pick against Mahomes. He had one leg last week, and he, he still wins. Uh, so I might end up going with the Chiefs. But, then, yeah, I think mostly I'll just enjoy watching the game between these two teams. Yeah, agreed,
0: agreed. All right, brother, we'll enjoy Super Bowl weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate your time. All right, sounds good. There you go. That's Andy Bitter from The Athletic. Go uh, subscribe or follow him on Twitter. Good stuff, good questions coming in. We'll take a break, come back, remind you what's ahead in our 8 o'clock power hour. Stay with us as we roll along on a Thursday. It's going to be sunny and 60 before before dreaded maybe bad weather on Sunday. <laughs> we'll be back.
1: the big dog for a walk.
0: Oh, just the people I'd want walking around all licked up.
1: Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD.
0: All right. Two hours in the books. A very busy power hour coming up. Dwight Vick at 8.35. We're going to lead it off though talking Virginia Tech women's basketball. Sharpshooter Georgia Amor joins us to lead off the power hour. Stay with us.